The opinions expressed on Vincentian Voice are solely those of the guests appearing and do not necessarily represent the opinions of the Sisters of Charity of Nazareth or of Vincentian Collaborative System. Welcome to Vincentian Voice, a voice for seniors and their families, with Vincentian President and CEO Nick Vizaka. Since 1924, Vincentian has provided compassionate care to Pittsburgh area seniors. You can learn more about Vincentian at www.vcs.org. If you have any ideas for the show, email Nick at CEO at VCS.org or call 412-548-4054. That's 412-548-4054. And now, here's Nick. Hello and welcome again to Vincentian Voice. I'm your host, Nick Vizaka. Our guest today is Jude Hazard, Director of Communication at Vincentian. Jude, thank you for joining us today. Great to be here again, Nick. Thanks. So today we're going to do something a little bit fun. We look at different topics in the news concerning elderly and seniors, and we take a look at that and talk about those stories and maybe even some of the feedback that we've gotten from some of our listeners that I know have emailed Jude wanting to know more about different topics. Jude, I know you have the mailbag and hot off the press with different stories. What do you got first? One of the stories that just came out in the New York Times actually earlier this month talking about a quiet drug problem among the elderly and it's talking about the combination of anti-anxiety drugs and sleep medications and the risk of serious side effects for anybody of course but seniors in particular and, and certainly Nick neither you nor I are a doctor. We don't have any medical advice here as part of this, but I wanted to just get your take on that. What do you think about this notion of of combining things like these benzos, like Valium or Xanax, and then sleep medication, and that some seniors are taking both and maybe at some serious risk? Yeah, I think... You know, that's something not only for seniors, but everybody that's listening. I mean, you don't have to be a senior. That's a dangerous mix. That's a dangerous concoction. Um, And obviously, it should be done under the care of a physician. And I think a lot of times, whether you're a senior, and again, as Jude said, I'm not a physician, neither is Jude. A lot of people think, well, if I take this and I take this on top of it, you know, it might help me a little more. And that's not the case. Uh, You know, you know, medications can't be mixed that easily. And not only that, I think in older adults, they're more vulnerable, I think, to some of the side effects that younger people take for granted. I mean, you see this long list of side effects and young people go, yeah, okay, that's one in a million. But as you get older, you become more and more susceptible to these side effects. And in seniors, I think the most serious one, when you look at these drugs, obviously, you know, sleep aids and anti-anxiety, they're there to calm you down. And when you put one on top of the other, it's almost like, you know, when you were a kid and you got a booster shot, one makes the other one more powerful. So when you look at seniors, the most serious of the side effects is, you know, the dizziness that it causes and the common danger as you get older, you know, the balance issues that people have, you fall, you get fractures and you see that a lot. And that's not something that's easily fixed in a senior. I mean, you're talking about, you know, broken hip, broken shoulder, lacerations, you know, it could hit your head and all because, you know, you're on this medication and you think, well, it's, it's just going to help me a little more, but it, it really amplifies the side effects. And I think people need to really look at that. And they're also, when you look at the drowsiness and the fatigue and a lot of these older folks, and again, you don't have to be elderly to have these effects and you get behind the wheel and you drive or, you know, you can't do that. And I think that's part of the problem that people don't realize. And I think that the New York Times article hit it right on, nail right on the head. It's a quiet drug problem. And I think it just goes unnoticed because it's not front and center, you know, like opioids 
in the younger population. This is an elderly population, and people don't put two and two together with that. So if there is anybody out there listening that thinks, you know, mom or dad, why are you on this medication? I want them off. I'm just going to have them stop. That's just as bad as being on them, if not worse, because the effects of that are horrible. I think any physician or nurse will tell you that. So if that's something that, you know, you want to have mom or dad off of, you should talk to the physician. Talk to the folks in the nursing home. Whether you're at Vincentian or you're at another one of these great facilities that are out here in the region, talk to that administrator, talk to that director of nursing, and have a plan in place before you just take mom or dad off a of medication. And not be afraid to ask questions. We're all about information Transparency. And, and power, right? I mean, whether you're a senior or you're anybody, I think asking your doctor questions about why am I taking this or is there a risk? I think it's always a smart thing to do. Ask. Absolutely ask. Yes. So the second thing that we got sent, an article that I think is, is very telling, the Census Bureau is kind of coming out with a flurry of new data recently. There's data on Allegheny County specifically, but right. also data about the age demographics here in the United States. And they are projecting the Census Bureau that for the first time in U.S. history, in 2035, there will be more people 65 years or older than people under the age of 18. And I think maybe after the break, Nick, we can talk a little bit about what that means for Vincentian and what that means for our country. Yeah, I think that you're absolutely right, Jude. This is something we definitely want to talk about. I don't think it's surprising to anybody, but I'd definitely like to touch upon that and maybe some other topics after the break. When you or someone you love needs to recover from surgery, a fall, or illness, trust Vincentian Home in McCandless, recently rated five stars by CMS. Enjoy personal attention in a state-of-the-art rehab center with a caring, knowledgeable staff and amenities like private rooms and restaurant-style dining. You'll be well on your way to recovery. Click vcs.org or call 412-548-4100 to learn more. Vincentian Home. It's all about living. Welcome back to Vincentian Voice, a voice for seniors and their families. I'm Nick Vizaka, Vincentian's president and CEO. If you'd like to join the conversation, please email me at ceo at vcs.org or call me at 412-548-4054. That's 412-548-4054. Again, joining us today is Director of Communications for Vincentian, Jude Hazard. Thank you, Jude, for joining us. Thanks for having me, Nick. So before the break, Jude, you had mentioned that if you look at the Census Bureau and a recent study that was done by McKnight Senior Living, that by 2035, we're talking 78 million people will be 65 and older compared to 76 million under the age of 18 for the first time in history or since the census has been taken. You know, I think that's a staggering number, but not surprising. We're living longer. People are living longer. There's a lot of new medical breakthroughs. And I think a lot of people are not having the large families that you saw, I think, growing up. You know, even my parents, you know, I've got five, six aunts and uncles on each side. So you had larger families, you know, a husband and wife get married. They have six, seven, eight, nine kids. Not uncommon. Today, I think you look at some of the societal restraints that are put on people and the economics of it, seven, eight, nine kids is difficult. It doesn't happen that much anymore. It, it doesn't. So I think that that's something that the number's not surprising. I, I don't know, you know, if that's well, something that you find surprising, but. Well, one number that I found surprising projecting out they projected out to 2060 at which time i will be certainly well over 65 and <laughs> hopefully still around in 20, yeah. 2060 but uh, by 2060 those aged 65 or more will number 94.7 million whereas those aged fewer than 18 will total 79.8 million and again that's a projection from the census bureau so they're showing that in over 30 years that number of those aged fewer than 18 years is just barely growing by a few million but those aged 65 or older is increasing by almost 20 million. So, I mean, I'd like to hear you speak a little bit about what you think that means for companies like Vincentian and people in the senior care sector. Obviously, we've heard the term silver tsunami, right? Right. This is 
just another example of that. What are the implications for our industry for numbers based like that? Well, you're absolutely right regarding the silver tsunami. I will say this though, you know, all those people, you're talking 2060, I think the last thing the United States wants to see is a nursing home on every block or a senior community on every block. So as a society and as a, a sector in healthcare, we in the senior space need to do a better job of allowing people to age in place and give them the, the resources that they need and give the services and bring those services to the people, to the folks at their home instead of taking them out of their home and putting them into these facilities. I just don't think it, you know financially and economically it's the right thing to do. Now, that being said, I think you do need to have facilities to be able to treat the higher acuity elderly people that have conditions that really you can't treat at home. When you think of stroke victims and you think of folks that, you know, COPD or CHF, if these things can't be managed at home or you have mobility issues and mom or dad can't live by themselves, then you do need those facilities. But again, much like the hospital world and when you look at intensive care units, they should be reserved for the sickest of the sick or the people that need it the most, not just everybody and anybody. And I think that's when you look at the year 2060, that's what we need to look at. Not not even then. I think we need to look at that even before then because, again, this is an issue that's happening now. Allegheny County in this country, this region, it's getting older a lot quicker. So we have to be able to manage that. So not just Vincentian, but I challenge all the other CEOs to come together with me and, and think about this and think of ways to really start to champion, you know, a task force. And let's look at this, you know, and how do we handle it? How do we tackle it together? Look, there's not one organization that if you're listening right out there right now, you think you can do it, you can't. We have to come together and do this as a team and we have to be a strong voice. Typically, great things are not accomplished alone, right? You need partners. Right. And I, none of our organizations are large enough individually to tackle this. We're all good. You know, many, many of the faith-based organizations that do what we do in the senior space are good. I guess my point is if we come together, we can find solutions a lot better for the betterment of these people. You know, we're competitors, but realistically, what are we competing for? As you just read those numbers, there's more than enough in this country to go around. And we need to really lift the quality up and we need to really focus on on those residents. Really, it's about better outcomes, right? And I think that one of the things that you've talked about with Terrace Place at Vincentian is, I mean, you can talk a little bit about this, maybe trying to design something, not necessarily for the senior of today, but for the senior of tomorrow to anticipate those needs and those market demands. What are some of the things that you've tried to do with the design of Terrace Place to anticipate for those people that will be turning 65 in 2035. Yeah, I think a lot of times organizations look at whether it's making a smart building or a smart apartment or a smart home. But I know the city of Pittsburgh has had some initiatives to do this with the old Kaufman building. It's not cheap. As you said, I think you're being short-sighted to save you know, maybe a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars on a new build to not equip that facility with the capabilities to treat folks 20, 30 years from now, even if they may not need it. I think you have to look at all the smart technology that's out there, whether it's smart thermostats, smart lighting. What does that mean to people that might not know what you mean? When we've yeah. talked about it on this show, I know before, but maybe some of our listeners don't know. What's a smart light switch, Nick? It's a smart light switch. So think of seniors right now. I can use the example in our home because, you know, we're actually running a pilot now. And I know in the past we had Derek Holt from K4 Connect on. So if, if you are a senior and you want to control your lights right now, right, you, you have to get up, go control your light switches. Everything's going to be done from a central control panel, whether that's an iPad or a phone or, or anything. And it could be done not only from the comfort of your couch, but let's say you're a senior and you go out shopping for the day and you're a giant eagle, you're at the mall, you get, and you, you know, many of these seniors, they turn the thermostat down to save some money before they leave. Sure. And then when they get home, they turn it back up. Well, now you could turn it down. And while you're in the checkout line, they're able to turn it back up while they're on their way home. 
right? So when they get home, they're, they're home to a warm apartment. Or if you look at the lighting in the middle of the night, you know, you get up and usually, you know, if the husband and wife, you, you got to go to the, the restroom. I know I'm getting older. I go to the bathroom a lot more sure, when I get too, older, yeah. right? So, but you turn the lights on, you wake everybody up. You don't want to fall. So there's smart lighting out there. They will light only certain parts of the apartment or certain parts of the house to guide your way to the bathroom so that you don't wake everybody up in the house. So there's a lot of different things in the connectivity amongst the residents and, you know, on activities, on a calendar. Everything is done through technology now. So we, like, again, you'd, you'd have to be short-sighted not to think about this and incorporate some of this stuff into your build. To retrofit after the fact, you're talking five, six, seven times more than just doing it up front. So as we were mentioning about the statistics with the U.S. Census Bureau and, and the number of people that are 65 and older out outnumbering those that will be 18 and younger uh, here in, in just over 20 years from now, less than 20 years from now, part of that reason is because people are living longer. One of the recent news stories that, that showed up on your Twitter feed that we shared out there, and if anyone wants to follow Nick on Twitter, I'll do, do a shameless plug. It's right <laughs> at Nick Vizaka, V-I-Z-Z-O-C-A, and you can see some of the stuff that Nick is sharing out there. But there was a BBC Health study about how exercise in old age prevents the immune system from declining and that there were some long distance cyclists who are in their 70s and 80s and they have the immune systems of 20 year olds. Nick, you know, you're a big advocate of that. What do you think about the importance of exercise among those that are 65 and older? Well, I think it has more than just the physical aspects and benefits. I think you also have to look at the social aspects, right? You're now amongst other people and you're exercising, you're walking, you're staying active. It's all about living. And, you know, I think that's something that doesn't surprise me. And I I think that here in the United States, I think we lag behind some of the other parts of the world, but it also provides freedom, right? So when you're able to do this and you're able to remain independent well into your 80s by exercising and keeping your body fit, and you don't have to be a competitor to see the benefits. It doesn't, you don't have to join a team or be in a competition. I mean, the article that you mentioned, it's something as simple as, you know, just walking and doing some light weightlifting. I know it at Vincentian and throughout the North Hills, one of the the new organizations or newer organizations that is out and about is Fit for Boxing, which I know is in Hampton. And I, you know, the owners there are fantastic and they will cater programs to these seniors and to, to your physical ability, whether it's, you know, a Parkinson's patient or what it is. It's fantastic that they're able to do this and allow people to come to a setting and be social and talk to others that are your age that or afflicted with the same condition that you are. And it, it just creates this socialization. So and to steal a term from you, shameless plug, but Fit for Boxing is fantastic. And I think that if anybody that lives in the North Hills or in Allison Park, Hampton area, you should really look them up at any age, not just a senior, but any age, because it does create a really nice camaraderie around people. After the break, Nick, there is a guy, speaking of, of people that are active, well into their 70s, 80s, 90s, and even hundreds. There's a gentleman named Orville Rogers that I would like yes. to introduce yeah. to our listeners. Yeah, I know. I know the story you're talking about, Jude, and I think, yeah, let's do that right after this break because it's a great story. We'll be right back after this break. When you or someone you love needs to recover from surgery, a fall, or illness, trust Vincentian Marion Manor in Greentree, recently rated five stars by CMS. Enjoy personal attention in a state-of-the-art rehab center with a caring, knowledgeable staff and amenities like private rooms and restaurant-style dining. You'll be well on your way to recovery. Click vcs.org or call 412-548-4100 to learn more. Vincentian Marion Manor. It's all about living. Welcome back to Vincentian Voice, a voice for seniors and their families. I'm Nick Vizaka, Vincentian's president and CEO. If you'd like to join the conversation, please email me at ceo at vcs.org or call me 
at 412-548-4054. That's 412-548-4054. Again, joining us today is Jude Hazard, Director of Communication at Vincentian. Jude, thank you again for joining us on this exciting mailbag day. Thank you, Jude. It's great to be here. So, Jude, before the break, you had mentioned a name, Orville Rogers. Now, I read the story. I know you have the story. And anybody out there that's listening that thinks that they're too old to get involved and be active and physically fit, listen to this, and this will show you how lazy you really are. Well, Orville Rogers recently set five world records. He ran 1,500 meters, which is right about a mile, in 20 minutes. Now, 20 minutes, I don't know, Nick, if I could do a 20-minute mile. I I would hope that that I could do a 20-minute mile. But the interesting thing about Orville is he's 100 years old. That's awesome. That's It's amazing. So, yeah, he's a retired pilot. Uh, I may so, have to have Orville race you, Jude. Well, you know, the 60 meter he did in 19 seconds. So, I mean, I don't know which is harder, a mile in 20 minutes or 60 meters, which is what, about 60 yards, right? Right. <laughs> in 19 seconds. So anyway, I just thought that was really quite the inspiration. Orville was born on November 28th, 1917 in Hubbard, Texas. He was a pilot for more than three decades. He didn't take up running until he was in his 50s and he's credited it with saving his life and i just think it's really amazing what kind of inspiration can we draw and i know sometimes people <laughs> you know people might sensationalize this and, and think it's just a quick youtube clip but i think it says a lot what, what kind of inspiration do you draw Nick, I, from someone like orville i think it's incredible and first of all you know those records that you mentioned i mean we joke about you know think i'd be able to run a 20 minute mile or 19 second we joke about it but it really isn't a joke because i think it really makes us take a step back and really look at how fit are we, you know, and and could we do these things at our age, let alone 101? And I think one thing that people have to realize, these are world records. This is incredible. And it's a true inspiration because, you know, getting older, a lot of times people looked at it in the past and said, getting older, I'm useless. I'm no longer- No purpose. No purpose. I'm a drain on society. And you have something like this. I mean, this guy, that is incredible. I mean, I'd, I'd love to get a hold of Orville and, and have him on the show. Maybe we can get Orville on the show. And before we move on from Orville too much, we've got to give props to Julia Hurricane Hawkins. Well, Julia is 102, uh, and she broke the 100-plus age group records in the 60-meter by clocking in at 24 seconds and the shot put as the oldest female competitor in meet history. This is we we got to go. Let's take a road trip. I think it's, yeah, it's pretty this, cool, right? This is all it's fantastic, and I think we're seeing more and more and more of this. Now, you know, and I know, Jude, you've heard me say this and listeners, if you've listened to me before, you, you know how much I love TED Talks and how much I love listening to them. And one of my favorite TED Talks was one that was done regarding blue zones and living longer, but not only living longer, but living better. So I think if you've never heard it or you've never heard the term blue zone, I, you're probably thinking, what what in the world is a blue zone? These are regions around the world where people live, as I said, not only longer, but they live better. When I say longer, I'm talking about they have the highest concentration of centarians in the world. And you may wonder, where is it? Because, you know, I want to move there. Or, you know, what are the different traits, the characteristics that these people have in these regions? So when you look at it, it's five zones that have been identified. And I I may butcher some of the names here, but I'm going to do my best. So if there are any folks of this ethnicity listening, I apologize. But here in the United States, we have one, Loma Linda, California, where there's a community. There's also one in Costa Rica, Nicoya, Costa Rica, Icaria, Greece, which is, again, a beautiful part of the world. Okinawa, Japan. 
a place we've heard of. A before, place we've sure. heard of, and one that I've mentioned before, which is one of my favorites, being that I'm I'm Italian, is Sardinia. And again, they look at these different regions and they say, what are the common denominators? What are the nine lessons that are learned? And this is a study that has been done over the course of many years and looked at the folks that are over a hundred. And you know, what what are the common denominators? What do these people have? And they found nine lessons that have been learned here, Jude. And I think you know, I want to read them and then maybe touch upon them just a little bit because. Because one of the things that the researchers made sure to point out, I know some of you listeners are probably saying, well, these people are old because of good genes. I mean, take a look at their family. Well, researchers found that, you know, only 20% of a person's health and well-being and is based on genes. Nature versus nurture, right? Nature versus nurture, right. So the nine lessons that are learned, one of them is, you know, move naturally. Move naturally. What is that? Well, you know what? In a society where everything comes easy, you know, you hop on a bus, you hop in a car, Uber, Uber, (laughs) you know, move naturally, walk. You go in somewhere, walk a mile, walk two miles. And a lot of these in these five different zones, that's what these people do. You live with a purpose. So it's a community type setting. And every one of them, the socialization amongst them and the community, these seniors have a purpose. You go to each one of these zones and these seniors are contributors to their community, to their society downshift. And I think people, what do you mean downshift? Slow down. You know, life is not just always hurry up and and you get there and you stop, right? Hurry up to go slower. And let's go back to purpose, Nick, because I found this fascinating that both the two groups in the blue zones, independent, I think it's always interesting when two groups of people without consulting with each other come up with the same idea. It must have some merit, right? And two groups have a different name for purpose. And the author of this article says, knowing why you wake up in the morning makes you healthier, happier, and adds up to seven years of extra life expectancy. Boy, that's important for anybody of any age. You know, think about that. Maybe when you're you're off sick or for any reason you don't feel like you particularly have purpose that day. I often think after a long weekend or vacation, I need to get back into my routine back here at work, right? Right. It's important. No. So I just, I wanted to point that one out while you, while you talk yeah. about the eight reasons. Yeah. And I think the downshift, I mean, when, again, when we say slow down, I mean, I'll take some examples. The Adventists pray. They pray every day. I think we should all do that. The Icarians nap. And, you know, my favorite, again, this is being Italian, the Sardinians, they do happy hour. I can get on board with that. You can get on board with that, right? I think it's a a lot of that is, again, it's the socialization aspect. It's not just about the happy hour. You know, another lesson that they learned is the 80% rule. And people go, you know, it's not the 80-20. This is the 80% rule. Stop eating when you're 80% full. Just stop. You know, you've eaten. You don't have to overindulge. And they eat their smallest meals in the evening. So their biggest meal is usually lunch, lunch and breakfast, and then they taper it down. So in the evening, it, it gets much smaller. Another lesson, you know, lesson five is the plant slant. So, you know, of all these different regions, beans are the cornerstone of a centarian's diets, vegetables, fruits, whole grains. Um, the rest of the diet, you know, meat and and things like that, it's eaten in very small amounts. It's not the main part of the meal. And that's natural stuff, right? Not processed. Correct. Natural stuff. My favorite is lesson number six, and that's wine at five. And I know my wife, I know she's listening because she listens and she loves me, but she loves her wine at five. And that's not a bad thing. Um, again, you don't overindulge. You have four, five, six ounces with your dinner. It's a good thing. It, it's been proven. There's been studies that wine is good for you in it's moderation. It's good for the heart, right? It's good for the heart. It's good cardiovascular. I think the seventh lesson goes back to yours, Jude, purpose. And number seven is belong. So being part of a, of a community faith-based adds four to 14 years to your life expectancy. Wow. So the feeling of belonging, I think that's incredible. The eighth lesson that, that these folks come out with is, you know, loved ones first. 
you know, having a close, strong family connection with your spouse, with your children, with your parents, grandchildren, that is extremely imperative that it that every one of those blue zone centarians said they had a strong commitment strong relationship with their families and i think the ninth one that i lesson is a good one you know, the right tribe the world's longest lived people have close friends and strong social networks we can't say enough of that and i think you know when you look at whatever religion you are you know you have a church you have somewhere you go that's a strong bond outside of even your family and i think that's something that is imperative and again all nine of these things that we mentioned look they can't be wrong people are living to 100 and older and some people don't even know how old they are they stop i mean in the study it's an amazing study so i know we probably only have a couple minutes left nick but a lot of the things you said at least as you're saying them i'm thinking we are seeing them less and less in our society whether it's convenience whether it's quick and easy to stop somewhere on the way home rather than cooking fresh food or taking an Uber or a bus is easier than walking or biking somewhere. So what do you say to that and how do we bring that back to our society? So I think we need to look at city planners, county planners, anytime a community is being planned, you have to incorporate this. You have to make it easy. Just like you said, it's easy to pick up the phone and call Uber. We need to make it easy for people to step out of their house and walk to wherever they're going. Not, I have to hop a bus, hop an Uber to get to where I want to walk. We have to make our communities more walkable. I think age-friendly Greater Pittsburgh is doing a great job with this. You know, they're working with SWIPA, Laura Poskin, who we had on before. Fantastic what they're doing. But we need more of that. And we need to work with county and and local officials. And when you build parks, build them walkable. I know in North Park, if anybody has been out there, there's little exercise stations. As you walk, you can do exercises. And they're all natural. You know, it's an elliptical that uses your own body weight. I remember we actually had someone come up to us when we were planning the Terrace Place project. And she had ripped it out of a magazine or newspaper, right? It was a... Playground for adults. Adult playground, yes. And I think that's what we need to look at, especially for our seniors. And gardening, different activities that these people can do that make it easy for them. If it's not easy and accessible, it won't happen. They won't use it. So, Jude, this has been great. And unfortunately, it's all the time we have on Vincentian Voice. Thank you again, Jude, for joining us. This has been wonderful. My pleasure as always, Nick. And thank you again for listening and and joining us out there today. And remember, uh, we're all in this together and let's, let's move and let's get this movement going. And thank you again and God bless. Thank you for listening to Vincentian Voice, a voice for seniors and their families, with Vincentian President and CEO Nick Vizaka. You can learn more about Vincentian at www.vcs.org. If you have an idea for the show, email Nick anytime at ceo at vcs.org or call 412-548-4054. That's 412-548-4054. Join us right here on Talk Radio 1320 next Sunday at noon for the next episode of Vincentian Voice.